Welcome back to Magna Vita. I'm Alex Olson. Every Tuesday, we share the best practices and principles from the week's top podcasts. Every Friday, we share a bonus episode to help us build a great life. In last week's Failure Friday, we talked about how Dr. Maya Angelou overcame sexual assault at the age of eight, an experience so traumatic that she didn't speak for five years. This trauma and period of silence strengthened her to inspire countless people with her voice. Every other week, we'll be reviewing a book we just read. This week will be our 11th book review. This week's book is Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday. I've talked about it before, but Ryan is one of my favorite authors. I think he has some great principles that he teaches, and he puts out so much great content with The Daily Stoic. Um, this book is just like his other work. It's super impressive. I highly recommend it. And to get into why I think it's so important, I think we, I think we intuitively know that we need stillness in our life now more than ever. With social media, the 24-7 news cycle, and constantly being connected, we are increasingly busy, anxious, and overwhelmed. This book provides powerful, simple strategies that we can use to improve our performance, but more importantly, to find fulfillment and peace. Ryan says, we are overfed and undernourished, overstimulated, overscheduled, and lonely. So to overcome this, he says that stillness is the key. Talking about it, he says, what discipline, what focus? To tune out our surroundings, to access one's full capabilities at any time, in any place, despite every difficulty. With stillness, we can develop peace within ourselves. Then the whole world could be at war, and we could think well, work well, and be well. Nothing could touch us, no emotion could disturb us, no threat could interrupt us, and every beat of the present moment would be ours for living. This inner peace, this stillness, is the highest good and is the key to elite performance and a happy life. So to help us achieve this, and I think we all kind of recognize this with how fast-paced our life is, with how busy we are, at least when we've talked to people, we all feel like we're stretched so thin and we're all just trying to make it work and we're trying to find the time to do what matters most. And so to accomplish this, to achieve this stillness that Ryan talks about, he breaks the book up into three sections. He focuses on the mind, the heart, and the body. And I really like how he structures his books. Just like his other ones, he uses stories from the past. So he, he talks about people like Winston Churchill, John F. Kennedy. Um, there's a lot of great examples throughout the book. He talks about Anne Frank. There are just several examples of people who have been able to use the tactics that he talks about to find that stillness and that peace. So with that being said, let's get into it. The first section of the book talks about the mind, how we can find peace and stillness in our mind. And the first chapter that I really liked talks about becoming present. And I think this is so vital and so critical 
because they did a study out of Harvard and they found they were trying to measure how often people were mindless in the day. So when they were just thinking about different things, when they weren't in the present moment. And they found that 47% of the time, on average, we are not in the present moment. So this means that almost half of our life, we're mindlessly thinking about something else and we're not in the present moment. As Ryan says, we are not present and so we miss out on life, on being our best, on seeing what's there. He says, we do not live in this moment. We in fact try desperately to get out of it. We sign up for endless activities and obligations, chase money and accomplishments, all with the naive belief that at the end of it will be happiness. This is just such a great point and something I, I personally struggle with, I think we all struggle with. It's easy to focus on what either regret in the past about stuff that's happened or we can worry about the future, but that doesn't really help us in the present moment. And if we don't focus on that present moment, then we won't have the energy and the strength that we need to be our best and to help those around us. So this is a, and I like how Ryan points out throughout the book, he talks about different philosophies and schools of thought. He brings in different religions and he talks about how this idea of being in the present goes all the way back to the start of Christianity. He says, Jesus told his disciples not to worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself. To close this section out, Ryan says, do the very best you can right now. Be here, be all of you, be present. The next section of the book to achieve stillness and the peace that we're looking for in our life is limit your inputs. And again, I think this is so critical for the time that we live in where we're constantly being pulled in so many different directions. Every notification on our phone pulls us away from the present and away from those around us. Ryan says, in order to think clearly, it is critical that each of us figures out how to filter out the inconsequential from the essential. But this means that we will miss out on things. I know that at times in my life, I felt like I needed to know everything that was going on in the news and be completely up to date. But Ryan brings up a good point that this stuff won't always matter in the long term. So I think we still need to be educated on current events, and I'm not saying we should not listen to any news, but with the 24-hour news cycle, they have to constantly have things playing, and so it makes small things seem like they're critical and urgent when really they're not. And Epictetus, who's a Stoic philosopher, he brings up a great point. He says, if you wish to improve, be content to appear clueless or stupid in extraneous matters. So we might not look great in some things, but that's the cost that we have to pay in order to focus on what matters most. And I really like Ryan brought up the author Walker Percy. And in one of his books, one of his characters says, what if I didn't listen to the news? I didn't. Nothing happened. I realized I had been afraid of the silence. And I think that's such a powerful point that a lot of times we're afraid of the silence and so we fill it with constant noise. It makes us feel busy, it makes us feel like we're doing things, but we're really not accomplishing what matters most. 
Ryan says, we'd rather make ourselves miserable than make ourselves a priority, than be our best selves. The last part that we wanted to cover from the mind section is start journaling. Ryan talks about how powerful it was for Anne Frank, who hid during the Nazi Holocaust, and how journaling helped her so much. And he shares a powerful quote from her. Anne said, How noble and good everyone could be if at the end of the day they were to review their own behavior and weigh up the rights and the wrongs, to prepare for the day ahead, to reflect on the day that has passed. And Ryan says, journaling is a way to ask tough questions. Where am I standing in my own way? What's the smallest step I can take toward a big thing today? What blessings can I count right now? So the purpose of this section is not to try to guilt people. I've struggled my whole life with trying to journal. I think we all know that we should and how powerful and helpful it can be but very few of us do it. So if you have any tips, please send them in and we'll share them. I know at least for me, I've made the mistake of looking for a perfect journal or the perfect method, but I really like Ryan says, how you journal is much less important than why you are doing it. There's no right or wrong way. The point is just do it. Find what works for you. It may be the most important thing you do all day. The only thing I'll add to this, when I have been able to journal, the only thing that's been helpful is to do super small steps. So just doing a single sentence a day, and that has given me enough, it's a small enough step that I know that I can do it. But again, I've still fallen short, and so I'm trying to get back into it. But if you have any tips, please let us know. The second section of the book is the spirit. Ryan says, we are incapable of seeing what is essential in the world if we are blind to what's going on within us. It is our soul that is the key to our happiness, contentment, moderation, and stillness. Our soul is where we secure happiness and unhappiness, and ultimately determine the extent of our greatness. The first part we wanted to share from the spirit section is choose virtue. I really like how he phrases that, that no matter what situation we're in, we can choose to do the right thing and how that will bring us stillness and peace and we won't have any regrets when we look back. This is so important because as Ralph Waldo Emerson says, the essence of greatness is the perception that virtue is enough. Ryan Holiday says, we must ask ourselves, what's important to me? How am I going to live? We must have the answers if we want the stillness and the strength that emerges from the citadel of our own virtue. The next part and connected to virtue is beware desire. I think this is so critical for the world we live in today, where it seems like hardly a week goes by where we don't hear about some powerful person who has succumbed to their lower self and they've done things that are hard to even imagine. And because of that, they've, they've lost everything. 
because they've chosen to make those bad decisions. And I really like Ryan says that he recognizes we're going to make mistakes. He says none of us are perfect. What we need then is a philosophy and a strong moral code, that sense of virtue to help us resist what we can and to give us the strength to pick ourselves back up when we fail and try to do and be better. To have an impulse and to resist, to sit with it and examine it, to let it pass, this is how we develop spiritual strength. This is how we become who we want to be in this world. And then to close this about overcoming desires and about finding our true self, he says, real pleasure lies in having a soul that's true and stable, happy and secure. The next part of the spirit section is enough. To introduce this idea, Ryan shares the powerful story about Joseph Heller. He's the author of Catch-22, and he was at a party with Kurt Vonnegut. It was hosted by a billionaire, and Kurt Vonnegut was bugging him and, and asked him, how does it feel that our host only yesterday may have made more money than your novel has earned in its entire history? And I love Joseph Heller's response. He said, I've got something he can never have. And so Vonnegut was shocked and surprised and he asked him what it was. And Heller responded, the knowledge that I've got enough. I think that sense of peace that comes with that knowledge is so powerful. And Ryan shared some great examples and some great principles about this idea of having enough. He says, most people never learn that their accomplishments ultimately fail to provide happiness. We get to the finish line only to realize this is it, now what? And I love that he shared a quote from the philosopher Lao Tzu and said, when you realize there is nothing lacking, the whole world belongs to you. And I think this is so important now in our culture that promotes accomplishment and achievement and it feels like we're constantly on the treadmill of trying to get the next promotion or get to the next school. Ryan says, we are restless because deep in our hearts, we know that our happiness is found elsewhere and our work, no matter how valuable it is to us or to others, cannot take its place. And this is so true that we will never, he says, we will never feel okay by way of external accomplishments. That instead enough comes from the inside and it's from seeing what we already have and what we've always had. He said, and I love to close this out, Ryan says, the person that can do that, they are richer than any billionaire, more powerful than any king. The last part we wanted to share from the spirit section is another great one. It is bathe in beauty. There's something so powerful about being in nature. And to illustrate this point, Ryan shares the powerful example of Anne Frank. So she was hiding from the Nazis. She was confined to a small area. She was being hunted. She knew her life was in danger. But she said, as long as there's this sunshine, this cloudless sky, how can I be sad? And what's so powerful, what I love about this idea that Ryan points out is he says these beautiful moments are available to us whenever we want them. 
all we have to do is open our souls to them. We can always stop and bathe in the beauty that surrounds us. Let it calm you. Let it cleanse you. The last section of the book is about the body. And there are some great principles from this one. He talks about, Ryan talks about the power of taking a walk, about getting lost, being unreachable, and going slowly. The other one we want to, there's several we want to focus on, but the next one is building a routine. He talks, and I think this is so helpful. A routine can give us so much comfort and peace when we know what the next thing is that we need to do. And they found with decision fatigue, it can be hard to constantly be wondering what we're going to do, where we need to go. But if we have a routine, then we can reach our full potential. We can know what it is that is actually most important in our life. And we can prioritize that so we actually get it done. The next part is connected to building a routine. It is to seek solitude. And Ryan shares a super powerful quote from James Mattis. He was a four-star general, then the Secretary of Defense. And he said that the single biggest problem of senior leadership in the information age is a lack of reflection. Solitude allows you to reflect while others are reacting. So I think it's so important to build in that routine or that system that forces us to reflect, whether that's talking with someone, whether it's journaling or meditation, there are a lot of ways to do it, but instead it will allow us to be proactive instead of just reacting to whatever the world throws at us. The next part is go to sleep. This is a great one, something that Sarah and I have really been working on I think we all, again, we all know the importance of it, but just because it's common sense doesn't mean it's common practice. And I would also bring in exercise to this as well, because I think that sleep and exercise and nutrition, those are the foundation for the rest of our life. That if we can do those small things and if we can do them consistently, then everything else will be easier and better. Ryan shared a quote from the philosopher and writer um, Schopenhauer, and Schopenhauer said, sleep is the source of all health and energy. And I think this is so true that, and Ryan brings up a great point, that our mind and our soul are incapable of peace when our body is battling for survival. And this is why when you hear about the top performers, people aren't bragging anymore about pulling all-nighters. Instead, they're talking about Jeff Bezos is a great example. He wrote an article about why getting eight hours of sleep is good for him and good for Amazon. And it's so true. And to close this up, Ryan says, if you want peace, there's just one thing to do. If you want to be your best, there's just one thing to do. Go to sleep. The next strategy for getting more stillness in our life is to find a hobby. Uh, I've listened to a lot of interviews that Ryan has done about this book, and this is something that keeps coming up. He talks a lot about Winston Churchill, who was incredibly productive, writing incredible numbers of books. He led Britain, obviously, during World War II, 
And what's interesting is how Churchill said his hobbies were the reason he was able to be so productive. He loved to paint and he would lay bricks. So he would build things with bricks. And what's so interesting is he talks about how those activities gave him the strength and the peace, how they cleared his mind and they helped him to recharge so that he could be his best when it really mattered. And Ryan shares a a great quote from Aristotle who said, this is the main question, with what activity one's leisure is filled? And what's important though is Ryan says, we're not doing this for a purpose, it's just for ourselves. It's for enjoyment and it's to help us become our best selves by relaxing and recharging. But what's interesting, he gives some examples. He talks about listening to music, swimming, dancing, walking, reading, exercising, boxing. And what's interesting is he says they're not easy activities. And if we're not present while we do them, then we'll get in trouble. So he he was talking about specifically boxing with that quote. But it's so true that the best hobbies force us to be in the moment, to forget about the future, to not stress about the past, but instead to focus on the moment so that we can get rid of the stress and anxiety that we're constantly dealing with. And to close this section, Ryan said, make the time, build the discipline. You deserve it, you need it. Your stillness depends on it. The last strategy for stillness that we'll share is act bravely. To introduce this topic, Ryan shares a quote from Fred Rogers of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood that we've all seen and loved, hopefully. And he said, to see people who will notice a need in the world and do something about it, those are my heroes. And I love this principle. It reminds me of a quote or a story that I heard. It's more of a metaphor, I guess, at church. And the speaker was talking about this principle of service and helping those around us. And he said that if we were at a pool and we saw someone drowning and struggling to stay above water, we wouldn't stand on the side and ask them, hey, is there anything I can do to help? Instead, we, it wouldn't matter if we were wearing clothes or what we had to sacrifice, we would just dive in and help that person. And I think it's easy to sometimes just ask people or just say, well, that person didn't say they needed help. But I think in today's world, for a lot of people, it's hard to reach out for help. I think the true heroes are the ones that go out and do it and don't ask if that person needs help, they just do it. And hopefully that makes sense, but I love that principle. And Ryan talks about how all that matters is what you do. And he talked about how the small, consistent, daily things that we do are just as important as those big acts of service. And a lot of times we overlook those small things, but they can be, they can mean just as much to someone. And to close this section, Ryan says, if you want to be good and feel good, we have to do good. Dive in when you hear the cry for help. Reach out when you see the need. Do the kindness where you can. In closing, just wanted to share a quick quote that Ryan talked about at the very end. He's talking about working on his farm, and I think it's a good summary of the book. He says, I am at, sorry, he says, in this moment, I am at peace. It doesn't matter how tough things have been lately. 
It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. My breathing is slowing down. There's no social media here. My mind is empty. My heart is full. My body is busy. And in closing, this is such a great book. I, I know it's overwhelming and it's long. Um, there's just so much good to cover. And so I definitely recommend reading it on your own. And I would say just try to focus on one of these principles and one of these strategies, whether it's journaling, whether it's getting more sleep, whatever it may be. I know that as we find more stillness in our life, we can find more peace, we can improve our performance. But most importantly, we can really truly be there for those who need us the most. So we hope this book review helps you build a great life today. Thank you so much for the reviews and sharing the podcast. It makes such a difference as we try to help someone each week. Thank you for listening. We know you're really busy and it means a lot that you're here. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Tuesday. Mm-hmm.